me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. <laughs> You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. And the only quotes I wrote down were stuff that was just funny and quick that I could jot down. Like, you know, a couple of Alfreds and a Bullock. couple Alfreds and a Bullock. Yeah. Uh, and, and one Zaz. Oh, Zaz was phenomenal this God, episode. God, that's the best fucking thing. Uh yeah, let's let's get into that. Man, he was just he stole the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome into episode 428 of DC on screen. Oh man, we're going to talk about the uh and we're going to get spoiler spoilery on uh spoiler <laughs> filled season premiere, season 4 premiere of Gotham, A Dark Knight Pax Ping- Pinguina, I guess. Uh, I think that's how he pronounced that in the episode. I, I'm awful about that. Um, it's a dead language. No one knows. <laughs> that could be pronounced Pax John. <laughs> I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. All right. So um, as per the synopsis on Google, Detective Gordon suspects that Jonathan Crane has resurfaced. Penguin hosts the grand opening of his new Iceberg Lounge, and Bruce begins his vigilante watch. Um, what did you What did you think about this episode, man? Um, I had a lot of fun. I I, I really did. Um, I I kind of don't know the, if there's anything I'm too down on really with with uh, everything I saw. Um, I've got one big thing. Let's see if it just jogs really my memory, on. and I was I was uh... the uh, the crime licenses. It just seems like the state would like come in and be like, no, this is some bullshit. Nah. You can't do that. No. I, I mean, well, for two reasons. One, I, I just don't want to think about state rights versus municipalities in a show like Gotham. I do. Because that's why I tuned in to begin with. <laughs> I want jurisdictional legal jargon. I um, actually kind of do. I mean, I don't think that would be a bad call. I mean, look at law and order, for God's sake. Yeah, but the other thing is, like, Gotham is only, like, kind of loosely somewhere. I mean, it, it's just a vague you idea know, of, like, a city that's so big it almost doesn't need a state. I mean, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, criminals carrying around a card that has, a, like, a penguin umbrella stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, is so 1960s Batman. I could see that. I could definitely see that take on it. Um, to me, it's it's completely outlandish, but it's... Uh, I honestly, I think it's a far cry better than uh, certificates of sanity. So, like the show's already, <laughs> I, they're just pulling back. I think from uh-huh. where they previously like this. I'm fine with that at this point. I don't know if I've just been broken <laughs> as a human or what. But I, that that didn't even um, 
that really didn't bother me at all. Like, I know it's just yeah. plain stupid, but I was fine with it. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Like, and it, it led to some cool stuff. Like, uh, last year it was Jim versus the Bounty Hunters. All right, no, I'm sorry. Jim versus the Bounty. Um, mm-hmm. He was the Bounty Hunter. And then uh, this year it's like sure. Gordon versus all the, you know, card-carrying criminals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it even led to some cool stuff. Where, like, Bruce gets the name of all the licensees and um, yeah. wants to start picking them off. Like, there was... Um, it it led to some cool stuff, not the least of which was the conversation with what feels like a much taller Bruce. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're shooting him differently or if he's just way taller than I remember or what. And now mm. I feel like one of those old guys, you see it like a family reunion, it's like, you're so tall now, you know? But I ain't saying you said you as an edit-bedded baby. Yeah, that's the sentence we hear all the time. By the way, we're from Alabama, so yeah, that's what we get all the time with exactly that accent. I know it happens to everybody else just with a different accent. That's a common thing, like, oh, you're so tall now. Um, but Yeah. So, anyway, I had a moment of feeling like that old person. But, uh, I, you know, I, I have relatives who will be like, I, you just keep getting taller and taller every time I see you. And I'm like, uh, we saw each other last year. I'm 33. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't gotten taller in quite a long Actually, I've gone back the other way. I've yeah. started shrinking now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're older and your spine is shrinking at a faster rate. So I see your point now that you think about it. <laughs> you're compressing faster than I. Uh, anyway, uh, my point was, though, it, made a, it was a great conversation between Bruce and, and Penguin. Um, yeah. I, this this Bruce is just great. I yeah. really loved him this episode. It's He was a complete badass. Absolutely. Seems to be Bruce really standing on his own two feet. Like, Alfred's got his back, but it's definitely not Alfred's kind of steering the boat anymore. It's, he's on Bruce's crusade now. Love it. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Selena, awesome. Oh, Duggar. Yeah, great. Great little street fight with her. Um, everything mm-hmm. with the whip, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I really, I hope the choreography with her fighting with that whip is as good for the rest of the series as it was in that scene, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Tabitha, loving that. Yep. Um, <laughs> Zaz, man. Zaz is phenomenal. Oh, just blew everything outside. I, I really enjoyed this episode, man. I don't, I, like, there wasn't a lot of, I really can't think of anything I, I, I feel like hating on. Um, it got a little silly in there, but who cares? Me. It's, but, it's, you know. it's Gotham. I expect it to get a little silly. Um, mm-hmm. I expect it to get way silly, and then I get a little disappointed. But this was just a little silly here and there, kind of fun, and I, I enjoyed myself, so, like, on an, in an episode where I already enjoyed myself, they knocked it. And it just oh, man, they knocked it out of the park with Zaz. This is the like I've never wanted him to stick around more than I wanted him this episode. Mm-hmm. When he said, "Is that pepperoni?" I lost my shit. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fun character. He is. He's he's great. He's got like this easy sleazy kind of confidence to him mm-hmm. that they they really nail. Like he he walks into a room with. Um, however many people and you just feel like he knows exactly how he would take every single one of them out in about four seconds mm-hmm. which is always a lot of fun just because badasses are fun to watch but um man just the that, the i don't know the the loofness of his dialogues so much fun that does uh beg the question what did you think of uh michael bushimi oh god he was maybe the funniest part that like if there was any part that i kind of felt pulled me out of the episode it was it was bushimi's bushimi jr or as yeah. I was calling him in my head while I'm watching it, Teeny Bashimi. <laughs> that's his and brother, but yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. but And I don't even know if that's his younger brother. I, it's just, that's how it came across to me. It just, uh, but... I, I probably would have to be. That was the only thing I thought was actually distracting, was how 
much that was Bashimi's brother. <laughs> I I did the thing where I kept looking at him and going, "God, he looks familiar to me," but I can't like. It's a, it's like he he looks like somebody I know, but he's he's just off somehow. And oh, I, I was talking to Bethany, and she was like. Oh, Steve Buscemi's brother, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, yeah." Oh no, I didn't even. Yeah, something about it clicked immediately. Something about that accent. Something I don't know, man. Um, I I took one look at this guy and like perked up and went, "Oh my God, Steve Buscemi has a brother." And then mm-hmm. you know, IMD beat it while I'm watching, and sure enough, there he is. It was um, it was just other... oof, it was glaringly obvious. And uh, by the way, he didn't do a bad job. It was just really distracting that it was him. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the warden? Oh, the warden? The the, the guy with yeah. the uh, creepy smile? Yeah. The creepy pedo smile? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, he was all right. He, he, there was something weird about him. Like, I, I thought he was awful. And then, like, I I was looking for who the actor was. And now that it is, it is actually on IMDb now, it wasn't when, like, the night that it came out. Mm. But, um... I, I was looking at message boards and people were like, this guy deserves an Emmy. He's awesome. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> did I miss something? How did that guy pop out of this episode? I mean, yeah, I remember him, but I don't remember him that well. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of I remember his, his, yeah, his, like his choices uh, were a little memorable. I, I, it's, he, he did a good job. He just didn't stand out in this episode to me. Like, I'm happy going back to that cat, but... <laughs> if, uh, you know... If they go back to him, I'll watch it. I'll, I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll I have, enjoy it. I have one better for you, um, or a better question, I think. Or the next question. Okay. Whatever. Um, Penguin's haircut, how do you well, feel? It's going to be better. Better? You you feel better about this? <laughs> yeah. I've I've been hoping that he would progress beyond the uh, Connor Oberst in a Tim Burton movie look for a long time. That was well put, uh, yeah. So That was well put. <laughs> Well, it's it's like uh, I think I think I'm remembering the name right. Robert Smith is that his Dude, name? Man, I don't know. Uh, singer of the Cure. Oh, um, God, I'm not the biggest Cure fan. I'd have to look that up. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't can't remember. But in any case, his spirit animal has Penguin's former hair. Yeah, you're. I'm looking at him. Yeah, yeah, Robert Smith. Was yeah. it Robert Smith? Okay, thanks South yeah, Park for I mean... drilling that into my head 12, 13 <laughs> years ago. I don't know, man. He's got more of an Edward Scissorhands, uh, Nolt Fielding kind of vibe. Yeah, I know, but he's, I, I figure his spirit animal will kind of change with the times a little bit, slick it down, shorten it. That's how things are going mm. these days. Well, I, like, got, you know, Penguin on Gotham just kind of looks like a pineapple. He does sometimes <laughs> look like a pineapple. Like like someone shellacked the top of a pineapple and just mm-hmm. just peeled it down over the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, but the Tim Burton paradigm is still present. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a, that was a vast improvement. Also, Penguin holding up this season so far, all of one yes, episode absolutely. in. Um, he's he's terrifying, intimidating. I like this new like union situation he's got going on. Um, he's kind of yeah. up in okay. the ante as far as his um, ability to delegate and separate. Um, yeah, like separate the pieces of of a crime puzzle, so it's harder to prosecute stuff like that. I I love all that. Yeah, yeah. I I always enjoy uh, Robin Lord Taylor doing Penguin. I you know. Hair, hair being weird or not, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, he's always, I, his hair has always been kind of standoutish, but he's done a great job with the character. Mm-hmm. And something I realized in this episode in particular is I love how much um, it's going to sound like a silly Hollywood thing to say, but like I love how much energy he has on screen compared to whatever's happening on screen. Yeah, he's he always he's always at like eight he... at least. 
like in his most mild scenes, you can almost see him visibly shaking. You know, what it actually reminds me of is like uh, you remember Squiggle Vision from Doctor Cats. Yeah, and home movies. And home Absolutely. movies. Yeah, that's actually what yeah. he reminds me of. Like he always has yeah. so much that he's just like just simmering. Like his literal skin seems to be moving on me. Well, he seems like he's at a twelve and he's pulling back to an eight. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just about to burst at the seams with the, whatever anger or yeah, you know, intense sorrow that he has within him. Yeah. Or sometimes jubilation. Uh, yeah. Rarely. Yeah, I, I I really do love that. Like whatever he whatever emotion he's doing, and it's not like he's going over the. He's not hamming it to me. Like he, I always believe him. If mm-hmm. if anything, he's one of the people that no matter what situation they put him in, Robert Lord Taylor has always made me feel something about the Penguin. Uh, like we've had other characters, like uh, the Riddler. Every now and then has thrown you off. At least I know, and me. It, I think he threw you off sometimes more than he did me. But they put him in weird situations, and sometimes it doesn't work out for his character as well. I don't know what Penguin's doing, but it's always I've always bought it with him. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, or mentioning the Riddler, I have to say, like the creepy shot of him was pretty funny and pretty great. Yeah, that was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so, what did you think of the Scarecrow? I think I'm going to be okay with this. Yeah, I think I am. Um, he looks creepy. He looks creepy in a way that I like, like um, late in the the Batman series, like Volume Fourish. Uh huh. That is one of my favorite character designs with the noose and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I I really like. Like I like how they built the character this 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 go around. Um, just some poor kid they used to um, mimic a formula that he's seen, who's just sitting in fear, and then they throw him into faces fears, and then he comes out and he's scarecrow. Like that's a fine enough origin story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't come across as too much. Yeah, I, I think I I think I'm in. And, and <laughs> God, I love I love scarecrow when he's done well so much. They so far it's mm-hmm. it's on track. I'm excited. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm okay with it so far. Uh, he looks creepy, certainly. I, I sort of always uh, hope that the Scarecrow will have a, um, I don't know, sort of a, what would you call it? Like a, would it, would it be like a Fraser Crane type of New England upper middle class oh, you want <laughs> voice? To, you know what I mean? Yeah, you want him to sound a little haughty. Yeah. Sound a little overeducated, kind of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now this it's, it's just going back to the animated series, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... You're going back to uh, McDowell. Yeah, well, it was. I don't think it was McDowell. Was Not it? McDowell. Uh, what's his name? Sorry, you know his um, name. Port of Boy. No, that was Mad Hatter. That's that's um, Roddy McDowell. That was Roddy McDowell. I was thinking of the wrong character. <laughs> that was Roddy McDowell. Um, I have to look it up. Gosh, I'm. This is embarrassing. I can't remember this. I mean, I know uh, Jeffrey Combs was uh, Scarecrow, and when it comes. When it comes back to the um, new Batman adventures, uh, Henry Pollock the second, I would have never remembered that. No, there's no chance. Well, you know, hey, we all can learn through our embarrassment of not being able to remember a character from a show that apparently started 25 years ago. I remember everybody else's voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. But yeah, we got there to you know the remedies of the internet. Um, now here's yeah. here's one of the. Uh, all right, the, the, maybe the coolest thing, or the thing that made me kind of giddy in the episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce just vanishes on Gordon. That was phenomenal, wasn't it? That was fantastic. Even even like I watched this with my wife, and even she went, "Oh yeah, like Batman. That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was over there smirking, just uh, uh, just just so happy with myself. Yep, our first time for him, you know. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, it really was. And, uh, you know, just to talk about Bruce's kind of coming out party here, like, 
you know, he gets the. Apparently, it was Alfred's idea. There was like no substitute for real world encounters. Uh huh. Kind of love that that Alfred was the guy that, in coming out of his background, being you know a uh, like a black books member of of the royal army, coming from from that to to tell him like you really have to get out there and fight some people makes complete sense. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like watching Bruce go from. Um, you know, we've we've seen where he went from like, but watching him go to like the vigilante here, and Alfred's got his back, and then even him with Selena, where he's way more sure of himself this time. This isn't a guy who's baking a cake for a first date or something like that. Like this is just a guy that's very sure of himself, and there, there was no flinching in him this episode. And really, uh, it was really a nice moment when he hops up on the side of the building with um, with Selena. Like she she dares him, and he, he doesn't blink. Yeah. I did not know I could love Bruce Wayne's character in the show more than I already did because he's he's one of the people that's never failed us. But uh, well, it's easy to do, you know, because there was a uh, you know a big mat right there and uh, a green screen, so it didn't look scary, you know. Yeah, but I still couldn't do it because that's at least two and a half feet off the ground <laughs> that he was standing on. <laughs> yeah, I can't get on the third rung of a ladder without freaking out. Yeah, so I still have major respect for even David as opposed to Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. He's a phenomenal actor, man. He's really good. He is. And they wrote the crap out of him in this episode. Uh, they they mm-hmm. gave him some great moments, and he uh, he completely filled that ticket, I think. And it got us this wonderful line from Alfred that says, like, uh, why can't you why can't you just go to the cinema like normal teenagers? Right. Oh, good stuff on that one. Yeah. I don't know how All much... right, what else are we missing? I don't know what... Oh, mm-hmm. um, I, one good Harvey line um, that I, I'm hoping kind of... I felt like this episode was was odd, but in a way a little more grounded mm-hmm. than say like you know premiere of last season where we're dealing with a bunch of possibly uh, reanimated monsters. You know, mm-hmm. um, in a way, just setting up a, a major first of the season villain that's just uh, a kid with some major neurological damage and a band of thieves with a decent idea for a second, and uh, even the licenses, mm-hmm. it's all a little grounded. Like, even the licenses, are, they, there's literally paperwork, and apparently a guy in charge of the paperwork. Like, all this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're going a slightly different way than they did before, but um, I'm hoping this line from Harvey where he says, uh, he's dead, not that that matters in this town anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm really hoping between that, and you remember in the finale of last season, they kind of uh, they kind of talked about how weird things got for a second? Just him and Gordon kind of have like a, a little, you know, a little post-op. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really hope that's them turning the page into like less of a Court of Owls conspiracy thing, which, you know, the Court of Owls went okay, but it could have been, been better. Yeah. And combined right. with all the monsters, it was a little, it was just a lot going on. And a lot of it involved um, almost just, just a fair amount of, I don't know, fair amount of magical thinking and stuff like that. It just, this seemed um, a little more grounded. Might be a lot more fun to, to just try kind of what the show actually told us they were going to do in the first place like jim and bruce wayne versus some dudes and some punching let's try that for a second see how it works out (laughs) okay i can yeah i'm i'm i had forgotten gosh i'd even forgotten about the court of owls man i that story wore on me i wasn't the biggest fan of that one it did um it did some justice to the story but being that like, like court of owls is what like a three or four volume trade paper i mean it's it's huge it's a giant yeah. story and they got some mm-hmm. of it in there and it's it's nice to see it portrayed but uh it didn't do i mean it, it really didn't do justice completely to, to what was there i mean yeah, i'm not trying I to be like, like one just... of those oh the book was better kind of guys i just felt like they could have taken a couple themes a little further 
Yeah, but that's okay. it's okay to be the book was better guy, but it, when it's true, I mean. Yeah, but like the book is always going to be just like unabashedly better. true. Well, the book is almost always no. going to be better. Yeah, almost. But you know, <laughs> it's just they just grabbed hold of the most boring aspects of the owls to me, and the few really good things they grabbed, they just kind of somehow winnowed it down to something boring. Uh, yeah, they did. It's it's um, if I put it this way, it's like they distilled it, and it was just a little impure when they were done. Yeah, like their little Victorian masks never looked as good as like those creepy like porcelain white masks yeah, those that creepy, they wore in the it, comics. Like it almost looked like um, something about them almost felt like they were carved out of bone. I, I don't know what Capullo did, but he he was really creeping me out with that crap. Yeah, and plus they always kind of drew the court members as somewhat. Uh, they almost looked undead, you know, the, the way they drew their arms and their hands. I can see that. Uh, of course, that would make sense, uh, you know, since all the Talons were undead, basically dead folks. Yeah. But they, again, they took that concept and made it like, eh, you're just a dude in a mask. Yeah, the only thing they really <laughs> gave him was like, it's a dude in a mask, but he is an impossibly good uh, hand-to-hand combatant. At least, at least mm-hmm. we got that, but it wasn't the major psychological damage that we got in the um, in the books. But that that being said, like yeah. they can't. That was never on the table because it was the Court of Owls v Batman, and this is the Court of Owls v a Bruce Wayne that doesn't even know he wants to be Batman yet. So a lot of that was right. never even in consideration. Um, I don't know, but I don't know. It, you know, whatever. But that, that's not what's even going on in this episode. Nah. So. Um. I tell you, there's. Uh, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm about, about out of stuff, I suppose. But um, yeah, there was a nice moment with Bullock where, like, early in the episode, Bullock is kind of willing to play. Like, look, crime's down, man. We we can make this. Like, this isn't so bad, is it? And um, like that was a nice. It was a nice kind of philosophical discussion about you know what are you willing to put up with to keep a certain thing, ends and means mm-hmm. and all that. And um, there's a point late in the episode where like Gordon storms off to you know, <laughs> face injustice. Uh, come what may, I suppose. And uh, Bullock just looks at him like, oh, I hate being this guy's friend, and then storms right after him. <laughs> yeah, like they've they've done a wonderful job of keeping that relationship. Like from the moment those two met, it's been, oh, I'm gonna respect the hell of this guy, but he's gonna be a pain in the ass. Yeah, and <laughs> like we're for- fire me, Harvey. Don't tempt me. Yeah, I mean we're 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 <laughs> half a decade into this story in our personal lives, and it's just. Uh, that hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. Oh, the, I do always like the, the gym and the Bullock dynamic. They're fantastic. Um, oh, last thing I, I think I maybe had. Um, Bruce getting arrested. Yeah? Well, not getting arrested, but Bruce in danger of being arrested. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, did they leave that as a cliffhanger for the next episode? That's kind of... Is that what happened? That's kind of where it is. It's basically, oh crap, you know? Yeah, I didn't remember a wrap-up to that. No, there's there's not really a wrap up to that, but uh, it's it's kind of a cliffhanger. We'll see where that goes, but it's kind of nice that they've they dug right into him being a vigilante. I mean, it's yeah. he was already a vigilante, and there was some discussion of the there's a guy out there, and and he doesn't respect the licenses, and even Gordon's kind of curious about the guy, and that was all cool. But to actually see some um, you know police flashlights on him at the end of the episode kind of felt right. Yeah. So, uh, you're excited about where this uh, season is going so far? So far? Ooh, uh, we didn't actually mention this at all. So, uh, Razor was watching that first fight in the alley. Yes, he was. What do you think's going on there? Um, same as always. Uh, Raish is 
watching Bruce, seeing you know how well he's doing, and planning his inevitable uh, or Rache believes inevitable uh, switch over to the dark side. He's he's looking for an heir. That's what he's always been doing. That's true. And also, Rache is one of those villains that doesn't think he's evil at all. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's for him this isn't the dark side. He's just waiting for Bruce to, I guess, you know, get his get his personal life in order, get his training completed, and uh, and then he can finally join him in in his great great destiny i guess however he'd phrase it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i just hope the writing stays on on par because if it isn't alexander sadig will start phoning it in apparently <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned yeah luckily i didn't notice when he did it on ts9 i was just like yeah this is great i didn't notice that he was like detesting the entire thing oh it's nice i guess phoning it in for him is like taking it down a notch which just seems like really subtle acting right yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's probably just a part of him that can't help but in some way emote the scene so mm-hmm. it, you know he's he's thinking about just getting back to his trailer or god i want to go home and then um you know the whole time he's his body's still going through the motions of actually doing de- a, a half decent job yeah <laughs> i don't know how much we can <laughs> glean from him being you know half in shadow and turning back to walk into a building i don't think we're there yet though yeah, no, I <laughs> just seems like some Ray Shaw ghoul shit to me, man. It does. Uh, you know, uh, so far, so far, so good. I'm excited. If if I hope anything happens so far, uh, it's that they keep they keep Zaz as upfront yeah, I would love to see as him. possible. At that, I mean, I've I I have a renewed vigor for that character. Yep, I uh, I don't think it ever went away. I, I really like Zaz. Yeah, he's always been fun. Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up for this episode, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm good. Um, hope it double continues. Yeah. Uh, now we are, as we've mentioned on the show before, but if this is your first time, uh, welcome. And we are not going to be doing a review for every episode uh, this this season. We will come back and recap and review uh, the Gotham uh, at the Gotham season uh, mid season finale. Sorry. Uh, and we'll probably be discussing it somewhat on the news episodes. We have a weekly news episode where we talk about the, uh, DC film news and DC TV news. And, uh, we'll probably get around to, you know, mentioning, uh, where we feel like the season is going, uh, for all the DC shows because we watch all of them. Yeah. No, yeah. We'll, we'll be, we'll be keeping up and talking about them kind of week to week, but not mm-hmm. episodically. Yeah. But, um. I think that's it. I think, I think we're I think we're good. So uh, I want to remind everybody that it does really help us out if you go to iTunes and leave us a review, a rating and a review. And um, we tweet at DC on screen, one word. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, proud members of the Giant Says Team Up Network. And uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of days with um, news for the uh, for, for the movies and the television. I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is gone. Oh, oh! Uh, hey, you know, long-time listeners of the show will say, "Like, no, you, you, you're always this shitty." Dave. No, this is this is what we do. This is what we do. We do it proudly, even though we shouldn't. I don't, I, I don't know what you're saying there. Are you saying that I'm just shitty all the time, and that's what we do? I, I'm saying we constantly fail ourselves and our listeners. Oh, well. But that's nothing well, new. It's basically feelings. part of our intro. <laughs> yeah, if you have strong feelings about that, call us two zero five two five nine. 6331, leave us a voicemail, we'll leave it on the show. Uh, <laughs> if 
you'd like to just chime in and mention how right we are about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, we'll, we're also going to be doing a, um, just so you know, we'll, we'll be doing a uh, premiere review for Supergirl, Lucifer, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. And whenever it comes out, Black Lightning, I guess that'll be January, right? And Krypton, whenever the hell that happens. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. Teen Titan somewhere like stuff. a year from now. Yeah, I, I can't keep Whatever track of all this stuff. Whatever it else is the, the WB exclusive network throws at us. Yeah, yeah. Can't keep track. That's why I use TV time. Oh, yeah. Fantastic app if you've never heard of it. It's great. Oh, uh, I just glanced at it a second ago, by the way. Um, after each episode, they uh-huh. have, like, who was the best? Um, and the the community vote right now was, in order, it was uh, Bruce, then Zaz. Zaz came in number two for best character mm. for the for the premiere. Yeah, he's great. So I mean, how how the hell how the hell did he beat? Uh, did he not beat Bruce? Uh, but Bruce is pretty great too. I, hmm. I I don't. It's it's yeah right. See, you you just can't quite put him over Bruce. It, he was great, but Bruce killed it. Mm-hmm. And it is also basically his show. Yeah, that's what I tell you, man. That's what I tell you. Yeah. Kid needs to be playing Damien in the DCEU. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, part of me would hate it, but part of me would love it. Yeah, legacy casting, man. That's where it's at. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, see, see you next time. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David Z. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band Future Elevators can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together, we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Orizo Chandelier from Progress Lighting. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.